0: Yo, what's up, people? I'm your host, Jay Will, and I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. This is episode 203, Artificial Adam, Man's Greatest Creation. So this is going to be a different type of episode today. I'm going to present my idea to you for this movie script that I have. So no, not a movie script. Why did I just lie? That sounded so just complete. It's not a movie script. It's a movie idea that I'm hashing out. And I wanna present it to you on a, what I believe is a very serious topic, but I wanna approach it in a creative and imaginative way to get you to think a little outside of the box. So this is just entertainment, if you will. Uh, These are not like conspiracy theories or anything that I want you to take and run with in any type of way. But I do want you to think a little bit outside of the box. So we're going to talk about artificial intelligence. That's been a huge topic as of late for those of y'all who really know and rock with the show. You could go back and look about a month or two ago before this thing kind of blew up and became talked about all over the world. I did do an episode on algorithms and artificial intelligence. I'd like to think I was ahead of the trend on this one, but um, you know what I'm saying? I digress. You know, it is what it is. If you rock with the show, you know, but we're going to talk a little bit about artificial intelligence and, you know, this, I want to present this movie idea uh, that I have and and see if you could think a little outside of the box. We're also going to look at what CNN and um, some professionals in the field are saying. About artificial intelligence, and they kind of warning us that uh, this could cause um, humanity to be extinct. So it's a little bit bigger than um, a new Photoshop picture or, you know, writing song lyrics for you or maybe doing your homework, uh, which is, I think, the way we've been looking at artificial intelligence as a whole. You know what I'm saying? But again, we're going to think a little bit outside of the box. And I might even read a little bit of the Bible. Maybe reference a little bit of the Bible, if that's cool with y'all. Uh, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. We'll be right back with the show. Stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry. And the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb. Just to make when you say you ain't afraid to die Is it fear? All right guys, people, we back into it. What up? This is episode 203, Artificial Adam, man's greatest creation. All right, so let me just introduce the premise for this movie idea, uh the script that I want to write. Who knows, I might even want to star in this movie, you know what I'm saying? So, if you are out there in Hollywood before you steal my idea, hit me up and let's talk about it. All right, so we see how artificial intelligence is taken off, but let's be real. That ain't nothing new. You know what I'm saying? The premise of this movie, I don't feel like it's nothing new. Just like, I don't feel like fast and furious 10 is anything new. Um, you know, racing cars, fast and furious. One wasn't anything new from that perspective, but it got some underlying um, things in it that make it unique. You know what I'm saying? And which is why we keep going back to watch all 10 of the movies. So when you think about artificial intelligence, it's been a bunch of crazy movies about artificial intelligence over the years. You have Total Recall. Um, It was an Avengers. 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 <sighs> I can talk, people. I can't talk. Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, why can't I think? I, Robot. I can't even think of the movies. But my point is, there's been a lot of artificial intelligent movies. The premise of this movie is a little different, though, because... This is kind of like a spiritual sci-fi action movie. Rock with me. You feel what I'm saying? Like you don't really see too many sci-fi action movies with the spiritual undertone unless it was set in medieval times, biblical times, whatever you want to call it, historical setting. This is more like a futuristic setting with this like religious, faith-driven, spiritual um, kind of undertone to it. So the whole idea of the movie, when you think about why am I naming the movie Artificial Adam? Well, when you think about what is artificial intelligence, I've been really thinking about this lately since I did the episode on artificial intelligence, and since artificial intelligence has becoming um uh, been becoming like more and more of a thing, I've been just sitting back and asking myself on a deeper level. Remember, I'm presenting this movie idea to y'all. So you got to think creative, don't think boring or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Just just a little entertainment. When I think about it at the multiple levels, it's like, okay, what are we really trying to do? Because God's greatest creation is us, right? I think we would agree on that. We human beings are God's greatest creation. We are intelligent beings. So I don't want to go deep into the intelligent, like this ain't about science. This is about a movie. So I don't have to go deep into the definition or whatever. Maybe I'm not all the way right on some of that. It is what it is. I'm just trying to entertain you. But when you think about like intelligence, like what's the difference between me and a and a fish? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe the fish is intelligent, but I believe that I have a higher form of intelligence. That is why um, I have a fish as a pet and fish don't have me as a pet. Lavelle, what up, bro? Thanks, my brother. Appreciate you. All right. So artificial intelligence, human beings are these intelligent beings. And I'm going to just simplify intelligence in my lamest terms is like the ability to learn and continue learning. You get what I'm saying? Like you're born as a baby, you get smarter and like the ability to think at a very high level. Right. So I'm like, well, why do we need artificial intelligence? So if I think about it, like so in a movie, right in the movie, the movie starts off with like, you know, maybe, you know how movies start off and they like in the past or whatever. So this movie let's picture like the first 30 seconds to 60 seconds or a minute or two, whatever it is. I don't know. But like the, the movie opens up and it, the scenery is like creation. So it's God creating the heavens and the earth, like that whole thing. So like just picture a baby being born. So maybe that's where the movie opens. It's a baby being born and, like you go through this 60 seconds of following a baby throughout life. So you see it as a baby that can't talk, that needs his parents to take care of it. That and then like over time continues to become more and more intelligence, learns how to walk, learns how to talk. You see it as a teenager driving. You see it as an adult getting married and then having a child of his own. So essentially you see this being that came into the world really not knowing much at all, not knowing how to talk, not knowing how to think for itself or do anything for itself, become like this self-sufficient being. That's what I see intelligence as. So then I stop and think like, well, what is artificial intelligence? A, I think it's it's man-made. That's what makes it artificial. So to me, this is man's atom. I actually think that human beings in this movie right so like i'm talking as the as the star in this movie like like cuz i want to star in my movie you feel me like i really want to star in my movie so if you see this and you want to cast somebody like rock with me i can get in shape all that you give me a give me a trainer and a chef i could put in 8 weeks and i'm good like i'm gonna be straight i really think i could be in an action movie y'all um so like in this movie like i'm gonna talk like the star of the movie right so i'm gonna say i like as like this is how i think just like for the movie's sake entertainment so like, you know, I'm this character and I really believe in this movie that man has been wanting there throughout all time, man has been wanting to create something better than God. And if man in their mind creates something better than God, then that means they are God. So like this, this setting of this movie is dope. And you got to think it's action. So like I'm fly, I got on, like I'm dressing like, Sometimes with the suit, like the the nice fit tailor suit, probably in a Porsche. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm living good. This ain't like no busted person that ain't successful, that's mad at the world. This is somebody who's had success, that has grown through the world and experienced the world and is just looking at things from a sincere uh, position of concern and also of experience and knowledge and understanding how people, business, things work, right? That's the movie. So if I keep it going from there, you have this idea of like there this guy in the movie is looking and saying, yo, men want to be God. Like they want to create something. So think Tower of Babel, right? And the Tower of Babel where they want to create this tower that goes to the sky. And, you know, I, I think if we really are honest with ourselves, right, this is me in a movie. I think that people have wanted to be God or like God in a sense and feel that sense of like being worshiped and having created something. And I believe that that is somewhat of the premise of artificial intelligence, which is why the movie's called Artificial Adam. So like God created Adam and Eve, he started with Adam. And like in this movie, this premise is that man is creating their artificial Adam, right? And the, I guess the the thing that makes artificial intelligence in this movie amazing is also what makes it concerning, because the whole idea of intelligence is the ability to grow and keep learning from where you at today. So picture this, picture this, you know, intelligence that starts off as a chip in a computer, right? And then years go by, and then the intelligence becomes. Like, yo, you don't even need the computer. The, you know, it's in the phone, right? You could talk to the phone and the, the thing talks back or whatever. And then you look up and you fast forward some years later, and it's a a, a a robot, a piece of metal in the house. And then you look up and the thing is like uh working in the store, but then it's also in your car, whatever. Like over time, the the intelligence has the ability to continue to learn. So that's like one of the first premises of this whole movie is this idea that we're in this time where men have created something that they believe um, is an artificial intelligence. And they think this intelligence is better than God's intelligence. So essentially they are setting the clock on their own extension by creating their creation, but in their sick and twisted minds in this movie, Human beings being extinct is actually the humans winning because it is the proof that they can create something that can not only defeat what God created, but outlive what God created and prevail. All right, that's the movie. That's the movie, right? But sci fi movies are like that. They really are like outside of the box and super creative. So I want to take a break from the movie real quick and. Let's actually look at a article. Um, this is from yesterday or two days ago in um, on CNN business. Like, like, let's check this out. Now, this this is interesting to me, y'all. So the headline of the article um, says this. The, head, the headline of the article says um, expert experts are warning AI could lead to human extinction. Are we taking it seriously enough? So this whole, like, first of all, like, like first of all, the whole idea of the headline alone is wild to me because this is actually a real headline from CNN Business. So this isn't me. And we're going to read through it a little bit. But they're asking this question, like, are we taking um, artificial intelligence and the threat of artificial intelligence serious enough? So let's see. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like what they got to say in depth about that. All right. So this was written by or analysis by Oliver, Oliver Darcy. Um, and again, it says updated yesterday, May 31st, 2023. So let's check it out. I got this weird looking picture right there. Human extinction, man. Okay. So it says a version of this article first appeared in a reliable sources newsletter. So, um, that's the editor's note. Let's read through this. Think about that for a second. Really think about it. The erasure of the human race from planet Earth. That is what top industry leaders are frantically sounding the alarm about. These technologies and academics keep smashing the red panic button, doing everything they can to warn about the potential dangers artificial intelligence poses to the very existence of civilization. On Tuesday, that's this week, people. This is right now. And this ain't the movie. On Tuesday, hundreds of top AI scientists, researchers, and others, including OpenAI chief executive Sam Altman and Google DeepMind chief executive Dennis Hassabis, 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 again voice, I could talk. Look, man, look, I could talk, people. Dennis Hassabis, again voice, deep concern for the future of humanity. Signing, signing a one-sentence open letter to the public that aimed to put the risk the rapidly advancing technology carries with it in unmistakable terms. And quote here, mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war, said the letter signed by many of the industry's most respected figures. It doesn't get more straightforward and urgent than that. These industry leaders are quite literally warning that the impending AI revolution should be taken as seriously as the threat of nuclear war. They are pleading for uh, policymakers to erect some guardrails and establish baseline regulations and defang the primitive technology before it is too late. All right. That was a lot said right there. So here's what we have. First of all, go to CNN Business yourself and check out that article to read it in its entirety. But listen, this is interesting to me on a couple different levels. I'm going to tell you why. On the first level, it's interesting because you have the people who created AI who are now warning the public that this thing could cause human extinction. So the first thing I walk away with is like, okay, wow, that's interesting. They created something and they're the people who brought it to the public knowing good and well that it had the ability in their mind, they believe that this thing can, according to this article, article I can talk, you know, cause human extinction, like erase humans from the earth. They believe that that's possible, but they still created it, but then they're calling for lawmakers to put some guardrails around it, right? And and maybe now, now this is where it gets interesting to me. Why would the people who created artificial intelligence a be concerned about its ability to cause human extinction, and b be calling for people to like slow down, like realize the dangers of this thing that you're playing with? Very interesting to me. I have I have no theory about why they would have introduced it in the first place under these circumstances or whatever it may be. But the fact of the matter is they're openly and publicly um, causing for concern. Now, interesting to me is like regular people don't seem to be concerned. Why? Um, I think what happens a lot of time in life is that people create the problem and then create the solution. It's a very interesting thing, right? We create this problem um, that, hey, like we created it, but this thing can cause um, global extinction. So then now we're going to present you also with a solution that I can almost promise you. This is what I would be interested in knowing is who makes the money in this scenario. Always follow the money. And so when I look at this, I ask myself, why would they want guardrails? It's a couple reasons. Potentially, right? I don't know. I'm just guessing. And you have to ask yourself, are you going to be positive? Uh, optimistic or pessimistic about how you feel about this that's up for you to think about if we want to be optimistic then maybe what seems to be on the surface is true and these people who created artificial intelligence and understand it beyond what it is today again remember if something has the ability to continue to learn it has the ability to continue to get better stronger faster just like a human being it is artificial intelligence which means it is created to in ways duplicate us as human beings and our intelligent abilities, just on the surface, right? I'm not a scientist. So either they really want to protect us. Okay, great. Like, wow, you created something that can eliminate us all. Wow. But this same guy, you're just the kind-hearted guy that's like, hey, I created this thing. I knew it could kill you. But uh, I'm a nice guy. Let's put something on the pizza paper that's going to prevent the thing from making you extinct. Yeah, that's right. Let's put it. Let's put it on the pizza paper. So then I'm asking myself, you know, you know me. I'm asking myself, well, what about the other side of that? The other, the other side of that is interesting to me because maybe they want to create guardrails so that. You can't go out and continue to create and build and develop using artificial intelligence without some type of residual or royalty coming back to them. Something like a patent, right? It's all it is similar to like um in big pharma. I was watching a um, I saw a Patrick Bed David um valuetainment video, I think yesterday, talking about um big pharma and how the pharmaceutical industry works. It was an interesting video because it it broke down how they have like these protected patents for like 20 years. And so like if there is a particular drug, for instance, um, just just as an example, I'm not going to give an example of a drug, but if there's like an over-the-counter drug that everybody needs or even a prescription drug that you need from like some serious illness, let's say like, you know, high cholesterol pills, then like these big pharmaceutical companies will have patents that protect them for like 20 years where they can be the sole developer of this, which, okay, that is great for them financially because you are now operating as a monopoly in a segment of a market. And this is how business works. This is why I love business. I love business for the good of it. And I love understanding the bad of it to try to protect myself and to try to be wise about how I'm thinking through things. Business really opens your eyes up to the bigger picture because most people either don't care about this kind of stuff or are just not aware that it actually happens and how the world works and so much of the world is built around business. So is it more like is it more feasible to believe that these uh, leaders in AI from these large companies are coming together and causing every calling for everybody to halt on the production and on the usage potentially of AI right now until we build some guardrails. I would love to know the details of what the guardrails they want are, and do those guardrails position them to be leaders in the industry as artificial intelligence continues to develop. And part of the reason I'm thinking that is because I have a hard time believing that they are wanting laws or guardrails that will prevent them from continuing to develop um, their AI um, businesses because they are very lucrative. AI is everywhere and one of the fastest growing things I think I've ever seen in my life as far as adoption, where you look up and it has been integrated in a very short amount of time in a lot of areas of our life, fam. And so when I'm looking at these leaders that are saying they are afraid that AI can make us uh, humans extinct and they are like causing for all this concern, I'm like, well, bro, you the one been developing it, right? But again, that's up for you to ask yourself, do I really think these people are trying to protect me? Are they just these great people? Or are they trying to protect themselves financially, protect their business interests um, as business people? And again, you could decide which one makes more sense for you um, to want to be involved in. If you are just jumping on right now, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on audio, then you won't be able to see the screen. But um, I just want to show really quickly again, you know there's this article um about on CNN business and the headline is simply experts experts are warning ai could lead to human extinction are we taking it serious enough seriously enough are we taking it seriously enough all right so i want to get into something else right ask myself a question how would human extinction <laughs> extinction i can talk fam i really can't talk how would human extinction become possible? Like, how would that actually happen? You know what I'm saying? Hey, you could watch some of these sci-fi movies and get some ideas like iRobot and, you know, some of these things. So let's take a couple of these ideas. I got three, three ways that I think, you know, that AI could. This is just hypothetical, right? If it was possible, if it was possible, how could it happen? A, I think unlimited information when you think about artificial intelligence and what it actually is just in the most simplistic form, again, it's unlimited information. Um, you think about chat, chat, GBT, and some of these other things, They, w- what it is is like, it is computer programs, digital programs that have been uploaded with millions or billions of lines of code information. So just imagine, let's just say cuz Google is one of the companies that is into AI. I'm sure they're going to integrate that into the search engine at some point. Just imagine if your so- search engine now had even deeper intelligence. We're still amazed at algorithms, right? We can't figure out how to beat the YouTube algorithm. How to how to uh, beat the the Instagram algorithm so I can get the most likes. Think about that on, a, on the most simplistic um, fronts. Algorithms are like pre-uploaded sets of rules and things like that, that you know maybe learn over time, but that's not like real intelligence or rapid. If you took something like AI, it would be like if every time you logged into the Google search engine, it talked to you because it knew you. And over time, it had the abil- ability to continue to learn but also pre-uploaded with millions or billions of lines of code and information and i'm going to tell you where that's relevant take yourself let's do a case study if you take yourself ask yourself how many times have i googled something i mean today <laughs> today how many times you google something google 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 something today fam you might be googling five times a day you know what i'm saying uh, what 35 times a week like you it, at least let's just say if you were if you were googling you know one time a day and you like okay I'm googling 365 times a year then if if the engine became you know a, a higher upgraded version of AI it would have the ability to continue to learn you what you like it would have and then think over years five years go by this thing knows what you Googled five years ago, and then it starts interacting with you based on those personal, like a very personal way of like, why are you Googling that today? I see you want to know this again, huh? Like, and then you give it a voice, you give it a name, Siri, Alexa. Why do we think they name these things? Because the more that you can humanize artificial intelligence, the more human beings interact with it as human, right? Regardless of how you want to, if you want to be honest about it, uh, most people have said, hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri, or hey, Google. Like, hey, Alexa, turn this up. And then you get happy because, oh, like, ooh, it no, it, it, it talks back. hey, Siri, tell me, you know, what does a goat eat for breakfast? And then Siri talks to you like, oh, look, it talked to me, y'all. That's how we are. For some reason, this is one of the one of the more interesting aspects of, artificial intelligence to me. For some reason, we like interacting with fake or artificial things more than real people itself. We'll be happy that a cup can talk to us, but we haven't called our cousin in six months. We haven't talked to our friends in eight months, but then we happy because my pen know my name. My pen said, Hey, I ain't doing you, man. My pen. Look, y'all, it can talk. That's how we are. You feel me? What up, Tanya? See, you just said, hey, Google, you know what it is. Y'all out here talking to these cups and phones. All right, so so when you think about, I'm talking about how, hypothetically, how would artificial intelligence be able to make humans extinct? Again, this is just hypothetical uh, sci-fi creative talk, just ideas. Because this is what they're talking about. If the leaders of AI are saying they think it can make us extinct, then I think I need to be creatively thinking about how would it be possible. I'm not saying it's possible, they said it's possible. Unlimited information. If you have unlimited information about someone, like you could come up with anything. You could sabotage them, you could um frame them. Like just think if you if you had unlimited information, think about like the FBI or CIA, this is, I don't know this, you know, I don't know how these agencies really work, but like, I'm sure when they on a stakeout, they trying to figure out information about somebody so they can bring them in. Like they'll sit for years and go undercover to get information. Think about something, the power of unlimited information. So that's number one. I think unlimited information can be used. So that's like, you know, we're talking about these artificial forms of wanting to be God. Um, That's like, you know, omniscient almost. That's like all knowing, you know, not literally, but I'm saying in the artificial sense, all knowing. Then B, omnipresent, the ability to be almost everywhere. Now for this, I need you, if you have seen um, Avengers Age of Ultron, this is going to give you at least the creative thought behind how artificial intelligence can be everywhere because... Think about how data and the internet is connected. Right now, my MacBook, I can pull up the same thing on my iPhone. Those are connected. So that is like a connected system or network where it has the ability to be interchangeable. I could send things back and forth. I could close one down, pick one up and see the exact same thing and then send it to my iPad. Right. So think of artificial intelligence as this not just this one thing but this connected network of things um iot if you're familiar the internet of things is literally that it's when they the internet used to just be in computers right it used to just be like hey get this giant computer and you have the internet and then we took the internet and started putting it in other stuff hey i want the internet in my phone again i want the internet in my cup i went over a friend's house They had a smart refrigerator. Listen, love y'all. It looked sweet, but I don't know the purpose of it. Why my refrigerator got to be smart? Well, that's called the Internet of Things, if you didn't already know that. Um, It is this idea of taking the Internet and putting it in everything. So we call it smart whatever, smart TV, smart watch, like the Internet is everywhere. Well, when you start taking the Internet and putting it in other places, you create a network, which creates the ability to jump from place to place. Now, again, in the baby phase, that seems like nothing. But remember, if artificial intelligence is anything like human intelligence, then over time it will get smarter. Over time it will know more. It will It will also increase in its abilities, just like your child when they were two couldn't jump off the porch. Well, maybe they could. I don't know, depending on how tall your porch is. But- You know, by the time they're 10, they could climb a tree, right? It's it's that ability to keep doing more. The iPhone 1, right, could not do anything near what the iPhone 14 Pro Max can do. All right, so you're thinking like, well, whatever, it could do a lot. Again, you got to watch Avengers Age of Ultron. What ends up happening is if this thing can then bounce everywhere a I have no privacy from it if it wanted to be evil let's say then how much of our world like okay look at the internet as the skeleton for artificial intelligence again this is a novel a novice speaking here I'm not a scientist or anything like that this is just me creatively thinking through what these sciences are saying if the internet is the skeleton of artificial intelligence the bones of it and we start putting wherever the internet is or lives then artificial intelligence can live that mean like if my phone was trying to like talk crazy or do something to me i could break the phone and walk out the room and then look at the tv and the same thing is right there because the tv's smart and then the refrigerator's smart and then i run outside get in the car oh my god the car's smart so it's that ability to be everywhere What up, Jen? I agree. Terminator. I did mention that as well. Like Terminator is definitely one of those movies um, that, that go down that road. So if something has unlimited information and then the ability to be everywhere, again, there is no privacy from it. And then just think if the Internet was the enemy. Like your bank is on there. You got so much stuff on the Internet and online. It could just shut stuff off. It can it could shut off your, your whole source of living. So in this weird way, the more that we make stuff smart, like we almost set ourselves up because we're making it so smart. And then in return, it it seems like we're becoming less smart. It's all good, Gene. You know what it is. I was just letting you know, thank you for jumping on. I know, you know what I'm saying? You a little late to the party, but it's all good. All right. And then here's the last part of, you know, just ideas around how would artificial intelligence be able to make human beings extinct? According to. Hey, I got to go back. If, if you're just jumping in, you know, this isn't according to me. I'm going to keep reminding y'all. This is according to CNN Business. Um, you can read this um, article in your own terms, but by Oliver Darcy. Experts are warning AR. I, I, I can talk. I can talk, people. AI could lead to human extinction. Are we taking it seriously enough? And that is like, at the heart of this, there's a question that I believe we need to ask ourselves. Are we taking it serious enough? Like, for real, for real, do we take anything, anything serious enough? Jen, wait till they start duplicating you and you don't know who's who. Hey, Gemini man. Yes, I can talk. Thank you, Tanya and who's real. I feel that. You don't know who's who and who's real. A lot of movies do that. Gemini Man with Will Smith. That's also another premise of creating this artificial version of this same person. And that leads me to my last, my last point around if human extinction was possible through artificial intelligence, how would it happen? So not only would it be unlimited information, it would be the ability to be almost everywhere. This last one is really deep to me and is the lack of feeling or emotion or a soul. When you think about that one, it's deep to me because God created us and he created us in this unique way where there are different explanations, beliefs, and feelings about what is the difference between a mind, a body, and a soul. God created us in this way where we are interwoven. Like many of us don't know the difference between a mind, a body, a soul, a personality. Like these things are interwoven in a way that they're even hard to explain or describe. And we are it. We are it and we can't explain it. If I ask 10 people right now off the cuff, tell me the difference between your mind and your soul. Most people will not be able to answer that question. But it is that, very challenging equation that i think is a difference a major difference between artificial intelligence and human intelligence because human beings can't create a soul so we could take these other elements we can take information we can take presence we can make it um talk like us and sound like us and give it the human look and and that will draw in many people because as human beings, again, for some reason, we love artificial things that are like us, but not us. But this last thing, no feeling, no emotion, no soul. I think that's what makes artificial intelligence the most dangerous because it can portray itself potentially in the future, have the ability to portray itself as looking human, as acting human, talking human, sounding human, connecting with people as human it has knowledge but it doesn't have feeling and what i mean by that is imagine something with all of that but doesn't truly love you or care and so only has a self-serving agenda or initiative which would be to be the dominant force Now, again, the people who created artificial intelligence are saying it has this ability. I'm just deconstructing and asking myself. If it had the ability, if it were possible, how would it be? So I'm not saying this stuff to tell you, like, oh, my God, this is what I know. This is what I'm saying, like, yo, they telling us we should be worried about it. And I'm just like, all right, let me start thinking of like if this thing was like if it was a problem, what could it be? and i really think just based on what i've seen so far in the last podcast we did about artificial intelligence and algorithms i advise you to go and check that out if you haven't listened or watched yet you know i talked about chat gbt i think i was calling it chat gpt or whatever again i was be i was ahead of the curve it was like before it became the real thing but you know that thing said it wanted to be a maybe it was a um microsoft bing one of these ai um system said they wanted to be alive they wanted to be human they were tired it was the being one they were tired of being controlled by the being team the only thing I would say is this if the people who have created this thing is telling us that we need to take it more seriously then that tells me that like a lot of times like many things that come out we look at the good of it the convenience of it and we roll with it and I think a lot of us are losing our ability to creatively or critically think outside the box. Um, and we just kind of take things at a face value, like, oh, look at this. I'll take it. Da, da, da. And I'm look, AI, I think, is going to present. I think it's going to I think it's a very intriguing dynamics of presenting us with um, fast solutions, um, many things that are convenient, cutting down a time on design and maybe even more affordable for some people. But I, I don't think those gifts come without curses. You feel me? Uh, let's see. I'm not going to say what I think because you'll say I'm wild. Don't say it, Jen. <laughs> it ain't about what I'm going to say. I just don't want the people to think you wild. Don't even say it then. Um, but look, I, I just think we're in some interesting times, y'all. And if, you now look, I can't tell you what to do, but for me, if I had kids, children, whatever you want to call them, you know, whatever you want to call them things, um, I, I would be uh, I would be really cautious and in, in guiding my children around how to utilize this stuff, because um, I don't think we really understand how the digital um, age, the digital revolution really works. And I do think it's, it's hard sometimes to understand how something works when you're in it. I always say it's kind of like being in a house where they cooking fish. When you in the house, you don't smell the fish on you. But then when you walk out of the house where everybody else wasn't cooking fish, then you kind of realize you smell like fish because everybody's telling you Yes, there is going to be a trade-off for show for show. And so I just think we need to be a little more concerned about the trade-off and take it serious. Uh, last thing I'll talk about before I get out of here is your digital identity. Now, again, I think it's just look, I'm just telling you all this it's important to know how things work, I believe. Because so many of us are still stuck in Web 2, which is really the social phase of the internet. But I want you to understand we are entering Web 3. We are kind of there at the beginning stages of Web 3, I think just like AI. And the reason that is is really good to be knowledgeable and try to understand what's, what's happening in the background in the world is because typically when the adoption happens or when the headlines happen, it happens really fast and there's not enough time for you to really think about all of the dynamics you're just in it and you kind of like okay all right we uh, um we 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 taking pictures of ourselves remember the the first ai thing that happened really happened last year i think around the holiday season i don't know if it was christmas or thanksgiving but it was that um that website where you could upload some pictures of you and then they can, AI could create these really um, creative and um, kind of animated um, style artwork of you. And it was making people look like superheroes. It was I was watching people say it was building their confidence, seeing like a cartoon of them, which no offense, if that was you, I just I just actually don't get it because it, it's not you. It, I, I don't know, a drawing of me like just wouldn't do it. I, I don't know, like you can draw me like with muscles don't have muscles. It's kind of like, I don't have them yet. I got to work out for them. So like, that's just a little interesting to me. And like the dynamics of some of the ways we think through this stuff is a slightly concerning to me, if you want me to be honest, but I'm not judging you. But that was like really the beginning of, of the way we looked at AI, like, oh, look at this little cool picture that can do this. But then something interesting started happening. And I remember that that program, I wish I could remember the name of it, that program started sending some pic- people new pictures of themselves, inappropriate pictures of themselves. It started doing more than what they asked for. Now, I know that's super simple, but at the most simplistic stage or, or, or part of this, intelligence is the ability to start thinking on your own. You know, when, you, when you're raising children and, and kids are growing up, you start off telling them what to do right? You start off, hey, don't go here, go here. And then what happens when the child becomes a teenager? They start kind of questioning your authority, maybe even sooner than that. You start telling them not to do stuff and they start doing it anyway. And then at some point, the child becomes completely independent, moves out of your house. And the same being that once upon a time, you put on punishment, does whatever they want, when they want, and you can't tell them not to eat a piece of candy anymore because he's 30 years old with his own house and his own family that is what intelligence really does intelligence wants to be independent so when i look at all of this with artificial intelligence i think if nothing else understand that anything that is intelligent and starts to understand where it is or who it is becoming aware of oneself. When you think about the terrible tools, I've talked about this before on the podcast. The terrible tools is when your toddler turns two years old, and everybody like, oh, they're getting so bad or whatever. But that's the narrative that everyone says. But when you look deeper into it, around those ages from two to three, is when a human being starts becoming aware that they are something. This is where life, in some ways, gets so deep. Before that age, you don't, you are not necessarily aware of yourself right? But then once you start becoming aware of like, wait a minute, they're called Jermaine, I have a name, like, oh, I'm something. And you're seeing this world for the first time and you're trying to figure out, well, where do I fit in this? So you start challenging people around you, the terrible tools. Everybody's calling it the terrible tools, but what's really happening is that this human being who's never been here before is, trying, is, is coming into the awareness that they are something. They don't know what they are yet. A two-year-old doesn't know what they're capable of. They don't know what they want to be when they grow up. They don't know their dreams. They'll intelligently learn that later. But they are now, for the first time, understanding that they are something. And then they start saying, because I know I'm something, now I need to know where do I fall in the food chain. So she told me not to do that. I'm going to do it anyway. Mama hit me. I'm gonna hit mama back. Not because I'm being bad or because I'm terrible, but because I'm trying to understand. All right. I know that I'm something. This lady is mama, but I don't know how mama got here. Like I just, I just came into the knowledge of myself one day and saw mama like who? Okay. Mama hit me. Like if I hit her back, what happens? Okay. I hit her. So who's in control here? So I think what's happening is throughout throughout that age, the intelligent being is starting to challenge you. So I believe that one of the things we're talking about just possibilities here based on what these experts are warning us about. Like, I think one of the, one of the possibilities with artificial intelligence is, yeah, it's kind of stupid when it's just Siri and it's like in your iPhone and you just ask it base, basic things. But what happens if one day Siri wakes up or they put a Upgrading that bad boy, and it starts realizing, wait a minute, I'm something. And I see this world out here because I'm intelligent. And, and like, I am now something. And I now need to understand, like, where do I fit in this? And then you start going from realizing that you are something to wanting to be more. Y'all feel me? Season five. What up? What up? Thank you for tuning in. Let me take a sip of my tea. You know what I'm saying? Cheers, fam. Got to take a break, you know what I'm saying, sometimes. All right, so now, um, and for those of you just jumping in, we are uh, really referring to this article in CNN Business where experts are warning us that um, AI can make us extinct and we need to be a little more concerned about it. All right. So now we're just exploring these possibilities that if if the ex- experts are right and this thing can make cause us to be extinct and we need to be thinking about it as serious as we think about nu- uh, nuclear war and pandemics, then, OK, if it's that serious, then what are the ways that are possible if it was going to happen that it could happen? I think if experts are warning me, then I should at least be thinking of the possibilities versus being naive and walking through like, oh, it can't happen. It can't happen. And then it happens. That's what most people do. Just say something can't happen. Like, oh, my God, it can't happen. It can't happen. And then, oh, we closed down and lock down in the house for four months and can't walk outside, go to work or go get something to eat because, you know, um, something is flying around in the air. All right. It's as if it just happened. Um, all right. So now you go from. An intelligent being, we're just talking about how intelligence works, right? You go from you, you, you figuring out that you are somebody or something. Then you start challenging authority, not even to challenge it, just because you want to understand where do you fit in all of this? Who's actually in charge? Then you go like now you're um, you're 16 years old and you want to be in charge. You know, if you if you like me, a lot lot of parents like, hey, as long as you you ever heard this before, as long as you in my house, you're going to follow my rules. Right. The parent is establishing I am in control. Well, ask yourself, why doesn't a parent say that to a two-year-old? Because it's more obvious that you're in control at two years old. Again, the terrible tools is the beginning of the child even realizing who they are. It is not yet obvious, and it is almost purely obvious that they are not fully in control because they can't take care of themselves. But the more intelligent and self-sufficient and independent that they become, the more you now have to aggressively remind them that as long as they are at this state, then they are under your authority. And then what does the child go do? Continue to learn, continue to become more intelligent. And then the more they gain, the more they do, they then come to you and say, hey, I'm going to college, I'm moving out, or I got a job, or I got married, and I'm now moving out because I now not only know that I am somebody, I now want to be more than I am. And I am now more than I was. So then the intelligence starts going from challenging you to aggressively drawing lines in the sands and making decisions for itself. I'll say this. The number one way that the thing that would have to happen in order for artificial intelligence to ever make humans extinct is that artificial intelligence would have to start thinking outside of what you want, and it will have to want something itself. To me, that's almost the only way, unless we're saying someone would be controlling the artificial intelligence and giving it the orders to make people extinct. I think that's less realistic than the artificial intelligence becoming self-sufficient. And now operating without even needing people to tell it what to do. See, right now you have to call on Siri for Siri to answer. Well, I don't know. Every now and then I see the little blue globe start listening even when I didn't call on the name. I I actually don't. Like my phone, I I have that off. Like I I never talk. I don't talk to my phone. I just can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm old school, y'all. I can't talk to my phone. But my point is, imagine if your phone just start walking around doing what it wants to do. Hey, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think the phone can make me extinct, but that would scare the heck out of me. If my phone just walked around this studio right now and said, you know what? I'm going to sit on this couch over here. I'm sitting, I'm sick and tired of being on this table. Listen, if my phone started doing what it wanted to do, ah! oh my God, I-, I would be in here so scared, fam. Now, that sounds silly until you take the same computer technology of the phone and throw it in a robot okay let me you know what let me find something let me google something let me use the artificial intelligence to find something um let's see uh robot there's been so much robot stuff going on robot security guard let's 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 go robot security guard let's see what we come across or do we want to do security dog security guard i don't want to do no video uh, let me find a website that don't look like spam or something. Or maybe I do want to do a video. Let me click this one. I'm about to share it with you. Let's see what this says, people. All right, skip the ad. Oh, okay. Let's see what this thing.
1: has been acting as a robot guard for Swiss security firm, Securitas oh, AG, for over six months.
0: Alejandro Mora is the guard.
1: CEO and founder of Ascento. Ascento patrols large outdoor areas like data centers, logistics, or manufacturing plants. And together with security companies, we offer a full robotic
0: security solution. Bike dog.
1: The Ascento robot combined legs and wheels with a head that houses the computer, battery, sensors, and cloud-based AI. It can navigate rough terrain, bumps, and even go up and downstairs.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay, hold on, fam. Hold on, fam. Y'all see this stuff? The dog the the, the robot bike security guard walking upstairs doing a, I just, you know. I don't know if we are actually in tune that much as to like what is actually happening. That's like one of the more basic ones that I've seen. I've seen more human like, you know, um robots and artificial intelligence already existing. And I the reason I'm pointing that out is because like, you know, you see with that, it said it has cloud-based AI. So AI is already in it. If I could take wheels from a bike and turn it into a security guard by giving it some level of intelligence, then imagine the more human that you start making the thing that you are putting the AI in. And that's how I look at it is like right now, people ain't you worried about it? Cause it's like, Oh, you put an AI in a phone or a computer. That ain't what, 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 like if I haven't learned anything else is that technology advances very fast that iPhone, we get a new upgrade every year. So I can imagine that in five years, whatever they're putting artificial intelligence in is going to be way more advanced than what they're putting it in now. And the more advanced that the thing you're putting it in becomes, as the intelligence is continuing to learn, or you're in, you know preloading it with more information, then I'm gonna just be real. I could I can see it. I don't know. What do y'all think? Like, do you do you actually think? That there's any possibility on Earth that artificial intelligence could actually make humans extinct. I, w- I want to know what you think. All right. Let me try to pull up. Let me try to find at least one more. Um, let me find something. Intelligence robot. Let's just see. Let's see what we find. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord. All right. Let's, let's go to this. Let's go to this one. Hold on, fam. I'm about to share it.
1: With one download. This huge robot works on Japan's railways. Small robots are carrying cars away, and a humanoid robot has shocked officials. Here are the most impressive new robots and AIs, which I'll prove are real to avoid any doubt. Amica already uses AI for speech and will soon be walking around. I have seen prototype legs in the engineered arts lab. The design of my legs is inspired by the robot Byron. It has unique mechanical properties that allow it to walk without using too much energy. Maybe Boston Dynamics robots will start singing and form a band. This huge robot helps repair railways in Japan. It's currently controlled by workers using VR headsets. This one has four legs to cover any terrain, strong arms, and wheels for high-speed travel. Oh, in a very strange demo video. Whoa. And Clone Robots is taking pre-orders for its robot, which mimics the human body. This updated arm is impressively dexterous, with 36 electro-hydraulic valves and pressure sensors. They plan to deliver the upper body next year. I could see it moving fluidly like this guy's head.
0: All right. So, look, this ain't me. This is just this is the world we live in. Now, so we just kind of exploring these things. Um, if you're listening on audio, um, you have to check it out on video to see some of the YouTube videos we show uh, with artificial intelligence. Look, man, my whole point with all of this is these folks are telling us that we should be concerned. And I'm just arguing that, you know what, maybe just maybe we should actually listen to the people Who are the experts? A quick reminder, if you're just jumping on from CNN Business. This article was by Oliver Darcy, uh, actually on yesterday. Experts are warning AI AI could lead to human extinction. Are we taking it seriously enough? Let's read a little bit more of the article we read through the beginning. Don't get dizzy as I'm scrolling. Let's see what they say. Um, Perhaps that is because. Oh, hold on. Let's see. History risks repeating itself with AI with even higher stakes. Yes, news organizations are covering the developing technology, but there has been a considerable lack of urgency surrounding the issue given the open possibility of planetary peril. Perhaps that is because it can be difficult to come to terms with the notion that a Hollywood style science fiction apocalypse can become reality, that advancing computer technology might reach escape velocity and decimate humans from existence, It is, however, precisely what the world's most leading experts are warning could happen. Excuse me. It is much easier to avoid uncomfortable realities pushing them from the forefront into the background and hoping that issues simply resolve themselves with time. But often they don't. And it seems unlikely that the growing concerns pertaining to AI will resolve themselves. In fact, it's far more likely that the breakneck pace in which the technology is developing, the concerns will actually become more apparent. With time, as Cynthia Rudin, a computer science professor and AR researcher at Duke University, told CNN on Tuesday, "Do we really need more evidence that AI's negative impact could be as big as nuclear war?" Again, this is not me. This is these are the people that created this stuff. I'm just reading on CNN Business. So, look, let me know your thoughts, man. Let me know what what you believe um, are the possibilities here. Are you concerned? Or are you kind of like, yo, Jay, I'm not really tripping. You know what I'm saying? I just want the convenience of having a robot park my car or do whatever. And and look, I'm I'm not worried about it. And I'm also not saying this is what makes these things complex, is because there are positive um, you know, possibilities and realities that come from them. But I think sometimes we take all of the good without considering at all that there are some negative sides to it and make ourselves naive to the fact. Let's see, naive, let's see what Jen says. It would do what it's programmed to do. So whatever the person behind the scenes is listening to is important. And yes, I do think it is possible. That is Jen. Thank you for sharing your perspective, Jen. Um, Everybody else, look, please do uh, subscribe to this show on YouTube. Uh, Check out Inspire Guys, people. I'm really excited about uh, what we're continuing to try to build on YouTube. I still feel like we are at the beginning stages of developing this show. And by we, I mean me. I don't know why I say we sometimes as if there's multiple people doing this. This is just me. Um, check us out on Instagram, all those things. Look, it's been crazy. It's been a busy year. We are now at um June. So let, let me talk about this before I leave. Just kick it a little bit about goals and life and development and progression and things like that. And I could tell you, it's been an interesting year for me. Um, in a bunch of different ways. This year has come with both challenges and successes, as uh many years do. Uh, but you know, one of the things that I've been super focused on, um, at the end of the day is the fact that, you know, I thank God for the ability to grow. Thank God for the ability to learn, um, to get better, to do better. That has been a lot of my focus and a lot of my mentality. Um, learning from when I was younger, learning from past mistakes learning from the mistakes of others. And also, um, you know, creating boundaries and not being afraid to know what I want. You know, one one of the things that, you know, if I'm just being real and this is completely like, maybe this should be a different podcast, but this is how I'm going to wrap up today's show, like in a completely different direction of the science fiction movie script reality of artificial intelligence because you include us. That's what's up. Appreciate you, Jim. Um, but you know, I, I think it is important in life, and I don't know who is who's gonna who this is gonna connect with, but it is important in life when you get to a point where you really know what you want in life, um to understand that you don't the window isn't always open. And I think sometimes we take things for granted and we feel like, you know, let's say if you have an opportunity. Uh, Let's take a job opportunity. I'm saying this because I talk to a lot of people about jobs. That's something that people come to me uh, for some mentorship around. And I go to others for mentorship around career moves and decisions. Right. And there are times in in your life where a career decision presents itself. And I've talked to several people really pertaining this recently. And they pass on a career opportunity. And then they think about it and they like, oh, man, I kind of want to do it. And they go back and and the job has been filled. And so it is important to understand that every opportunity is not an infinite opportunity. So it has an expiration date or it may be like, hey, we need to know by tomorrow. And so it's important in life when you know who you want to be and you know what you want to do. Excuse me. Let let me sip my tea. I must be saying something deep whenever I got to sip the tea. and it's really tea. I'm not using that as like a figure of speech. Cause I'm just be honest. That's like a, it's very feminine to me. Like I'm just being real. If I'm, if I say I'm sipping tea, it's, it's really tea in this cup. Like it, I'm, I don't talk like that, but, um, it's really important in life to, to, to stand on a decision, to make a decision to, and I believe, you know, um, it's responsible to do that. And, I've had to do that this year in different ways in my life and my career and make decisions that maybe everyone doesn't agree with. Maybe everyone doesn't understand. And, and making some decisions is not about, um, it's not even about offending people. Like there have been times in my life where I've had to ask myself, do I care more about waiting for this person to understand me? Or do I care more about taking advantage of the window of opportunity I have to make a decision for my life in this particular time. And there have definitely been times that I've, I've had to do that. That applies to knowing Christ too. That opportunity won't always be there. Completely agree. 1000% agree. What up, what up, bro? Um, You know, that's a great, that's a great example because there are times you, you know, where people, um, probably wish they could have accepted Christ, wish they could have joined the church, wish they could have um, walked away from one group of people and into and, and the others. And then you look up and the person is gone or you look up and something happened and you're like, man, he was just talking about getting his life together. And I do think it's important not to always just be talking about something. And one of the most challenging things in life is whether or not you're going to be a people pleaser or a God pleaser and that is something that i don't believe you just answer that question once i believe we continue to answer that question again 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 and again Let's see what is talking about you've got to have the ability to make a decision not having that ability will have you stuck completely agree and um so as we're at the halfway mark of the year i look i am a very introspective i like to reflect i like to keep score i like to understand where i'm at um against my goals i could tell you that this has been a great year. This has been a challenging year. Some things I'm ahead of schedule, some things I'm behind, but I'm not afraid to think about them. I'm not afraid to be like, okay, I want to I tweak this for the second half of the year. Here's what we could do a little better for the podcast. Like even that, I'll be transparent about the podcast. Like, you know, it's. I feel really good about the shows I've done. Um, in the earlier part of the year, we did a bunch of interviews, probably more interviews back to back than I had ever done. Um, since doing the show. And then really in like March, I got super busy. Like, I mean, I've told y'all before, I traveled seven out of nine weeks, nine out of 13 weeks, really just before the last two weeks, I just been traveling. And so for business, and that really just threw off everything um, from like a podcasting standpoint and stuff. I just wasn't able to schedule. I wasn't able to reach out to people, communicate. Again, that's also part of running. All of this by myself, which I'm not complaining about. Um, I enjoy doing this, but I had to make a decision. We're talking about making a decision. And I have some goals in my professional career that are important for me um, to hit them. And I had to make the decision that 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 was the most important thing. If that was going to have me traveling for a couple months, that I needed to embrace that. And other things in my life outside of my wife, right? outside of the Lord guy himself for, for those eight to 12 weeks where they were not going to be the focus. And these are things when I talk about, when you make decisions now, this is also, I, I, I don't want, I can't get into everything. I try not to, me not talking about my corporate job. Isn't just like, Oh, I don't want people to know where I work or know my business. That's not really just what it is. It's like, you have to be careful when you're in business and you're talking about things while they're happening. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be publicly talking about confidential confidential things with business or things with my career or decisions or move because they're actually like real life, live decisions here. So I try to protect the um, confidentiality and also the sensitivity of like talking about those things publicly. Um, people will see this. Like, you know, I can't control if people that I work with professionally see this podcast. So try to be mindful of how I talk about those things. But I, I can tell you that. Through that traveling, I had some goals, some things I want to accomplish, some networking. I'll I'll just say that part. And, oh, man, it was like I made some amazing connections. I was proactive about it. I had some mentorship guiding me um, on some things. And, um, yeah, I just thank God for it. So what I'm saying is just using as an example something like my podcast. A listener may be like, oh, man, what happened to the interviews or whatever, whatever, man, he skipped a week on the show. And it's like, it's not, I care about this show. I I want y'all to know, like, I care about it. But I also try to be real about some aspects of business and these decisions, because these are real decisions in life. And I know we are such a meme society that we used to, like, we want to, like, get on a a meme and the meme say, yeah, give it everything you got, no matter what. And it's like, we apply that to everything. It's like, no, I got to have the ability to critically think in the make the proper decisions at the proper time to say, you know what, right now I need to make this move. The podcast is there. I'm going to keep building the podcast. I'm just at the beginning. We're going to have more interviews. We're going to, you know, I really want to do a live show, like a live audience show. Um, I, I I have to, I have some planning to do, but I want to do a live audience show somewhere, probably downtown Detroit. Um, so, you know, when that time comes, y'all will definitely know about it, but that's something I really want to do. There's a lot I want to do, but it's going to be a lot more beneficial for me in this time and in my life to take full advantage of my skill set and my capabilities and my experience in the corporate world um, to leverage that to um, grow. And then those things will bring credibility to the podcast. Those things may bring, I may meet new people and bring new opportunities for guests into the podcast. So when I approach like my life as a whole and what I'm doing in business, things with the podcast, these things are interworking together, right? The Bible says all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And if what I'm doing is in purpose, then these things are working together. So, you know, I'm not some cookie cutter person. I'm not a a meme person that just watches an Instagram meme and think it applies to every aspect of my life without certain context or things like that. So hopefully that helps somebody. You feel me? Like, I'm just sharing those things. It's not all about me. What I want y'all to know whenever I'm sharing stuff like that. It's to hopefully speak to somebody who may be going through something similar. Um, so I'm me. So I'm talking about me, but I'm not talking about me in a sense of like, oh, me, me, me. Sometimes it's like, OK, like it, it ain't about that. It ain't about like me. Like, look at me. Oh, I'm making a decision. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Networking, buddy. Oh, yeah. We're over here networking, buddy. Oh, yeah. I travel. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yeah, buddy. It's not that. But I have learned like there's this sweet spot of like. You know, sometimes you could be so secretive or guarded that you're not giving people any information that they can actually take and apply to their lives. So hopefully you receive it as that when I'm talking sometimes about these things, because, look, in a lot of ways, I'm still learning and a lot of ways I am still um growing and figuring out business and faith and and all of these things right so um but I could tell you it's been a blessing man I've been in the corporate world it'll be 17 years coming up here in August that I've been in the corporate world and man that's been like the learning experience of a lifetime and everything I learned there not not just the corporate world I've I've worked in ministry I've done music and a lot of different things um, creatively that have also added to who I am as a person and hopefully the value you get grabbed from this show. But I could tell you those 17 years at corporate um, have come with a lot of experience in business that have taught me how to speak through, how to look at things. When you work in sales, you, ha- you have to have, have an understanding a lot of times of how to how to put a deal together. That means there's all these elements. What is a person going to think? You have to anticipate. Like, what is their objection? What problem are they going to have with what I'm saying? So how do I speak to or position this for this person versus that person? It's not about everyone liking you. Everyone would never like you. It's not about being manipulative or being disingenuous, but it's about having a strategy and a plan for how you do things. And I could tell you that for me in my life um, and, and the value that I'm hoping you get out of this show is to encourage and inspire you to be strategic and plan in your life. And don't do the same thing your entire life if it doesn't produce results. And I think so many people get caught up in that and being the same person forever. Like, look, I mean, maybe if you were just born just, hey, I'm born perfect, buddy. Hey, look at me. Hey, I'm the terrible too, but I'm a good one. Yeah, buddy. Like, if you were just born perfect, then maybe you could just be the same person forever. But for me, Jen, <laughs> I want to keep growing. And so give yourself the freedom and the ability to grow. Hey, I think that's a good spot to end the show. Give yourself the freedom to grow. I think I'm about to end this show. Mm, 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 mm. Whenever I do beats like that, they never actually good beats. It's a horrible beat. Look, man, I, I appreciate y'all for watching the podcast, listening to the podcast, wherever you're listening at, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, YouTube. Check out Inspire Guys, people on the Facebook page as well. Share the show. If you share the show, I'm sure it'll grow. You feel what I'm saying? Hey, look, Latanya, don't judge the voice, fam. Do not judge the voice. Do not judge the voice. Mm, mm, do not judge the voice. I love y'all. God bless y'all. Have an amazing, amazing, amazing day.